What is going on? Welcome to the legendary episode 250 edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. My name is Gabe Henderson. I'm inside the TCO radio studio with producer Jay Nelson, Vikings.com's Tatum Everett. And since it is a legendary episode, we had to bring in the legend himself, the longtime vice president of the Minnesota Vikings media and communication. Mr. Bob Hagan is here. He now serves as a senior consultant for the Minnesota Vikings. And Bob, th- this is just a uh, one of my favorite times of the year because uh, now I finally get to sit back, not talk, and just hear stories from you. You're just one of the best storytellers in all of the building. And um, if you have been following Bob Hagan, um, you've seen the articles online. You retired earlier this year, but you've still been around the team. So just – in your 32 years of covering this team or working as an employee for the Minnesota Vikings, just doing the phenomenal work that you've done, uh, just first and foremost, what are some standouts in your life, in your uh, career here as a Minnesota Vikings employee? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, as far as legendary, I think I'm going to be talking about legends, <laughs> not ne- necessarily myself. 32 years, it's, it's a lot to kind of wrap it into a few quick, you know, sentences and stuff. But I mean, the amount of great relationships made here over that time with with coaches and players and, and the rest of the front office staff and media and, you know, people that work at the stadium. I mean, you know, it's hard to encapsulate it all into, you know, one thing. I think something that I'm, you know, really proud of is, you know, over that course of time, you know, we've had way more winning seasons then losing seasons, you know, we, we only just had a couple, you know, seasons that were that we, you know, felt like we were really down low, you know, that um, that I was a part of. So it always felt like we were always in the hunt every year. And I just think, uh, you know, our popularity, you know, in this town and in this region is is unmatched. And I just, you know, always proud of that and proud that I grew up a Vikings fan. And so, you know, I think, uh you know, just think of, you know, so many good memories with, you know, my entire family being a part of the Vikings, um, you know, my, you know, my wife, my three kids and, you know, my parents and my sisters and all my other relatives. It's a, it's been a fun ride with all my friends and my college friends and high school friends too. Yeah. Because the Vikings were something that you liked before you ever worked here. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, I really did lit, you know, got to work at the dream spot, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I applied to tons of different places and ended up with an internship here. And, um, you know, Bud Grant is, you know, somebody I looked up to and I become one of his closest friends. Fran Tarkenton was my, you know, my boyhood idol. And I talked to him three or four times a week. I mean, by the time I was 10 years old, I'd already been Fran Tarkenton for Halloween like four or five mm. times, you know, and now he's one of my close friends. And I spoke at his 80th birthday party three years ago, and we share the same birthday. So wow. I mean, it's like you know, it's it, it's it's been kind of you know amazing run when I really sit back and look at it. You know, you one of the things you touched on earlier too was the idea of relationships, and that's something that was completely evident talking to everybody else that was associated or friends with you over the years from all the media, the players, former players, current players, was the idea of, you know, Bob was always somebody that was would take care of you. And is that something that, you know, came from an early age at this point? Like, where did that come from for you just to have that mentality of it's all about the relationship? Yeah, I don't know where that came from exactly. Mm-hmm. I have one friend, um, 
one friend that he, he always called me Mr. Switzerland because he goes, <laughs> he goes, you can get along with both sides uh-huh. or this person doesn't like this person and you kind of mend the fences and try to have these two friends become, you know, friends again and whatever. And I don't know, maybe I did that at, at home too. You know, it's like I always wanted to be the peacemaker. Sure. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've just always been that that person when I was in high school and college that liked all different types of groups of friends. There was the jocks and there was the people that didn't care about sports and the people that were into all these other different things. And I just always kind of wanted to just be friends with everybody. Sure. You know, that was just kind of, that was kind of my deal. And um, it's worked out really, like when I got out of college, you guys are too young to know, but <laughs> yeah. they didn't have cell phones. Uh-huh. And so, you know, me traveling with the Vikings was amazing because I would have six to eight college friends every trip on the road trip, you know, different ones, you know, from all over the country. And this is back when, you know, long distance phone calls cost a ton of money. Mm -hmm. And, and I wasn't into mailing letters to (laughs) to people. So that was such a great way that I kept in contact with, you know, a lot of my college and high school friends. And it just, you know, that I thought I was the best at keeping in touch with them, but it was because my job allowed me to do that. And they were coming to all the different places we were at. Bob, there's been, I mean, just speaking of your legendary career, there, there's been 10 coaches in the history of the Minnesota Vikings. You've worked for eight of those coaches. So during your 32-year career, how did you balance just the work-life balance of the demands of the job? Yeah, that, that's a good question. I mean, you know, I definitely got to hand a lot of that off to, you know, my wife Val. I mean, she was amazing and she knew me in college so mm. it, you know she she was with me from the very first day I was ever at the Vikings wow. um, we weren't married yet but um so she she understood what it was like you know during the season you'd be working 7 days a week and 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 she understood that was um all part of the job and so you know when you know raising our three kids I was very you know I mean I would work my schedule around to try to be at whatever games and stuff mm-hmm. they could but obviously there's times it doesn't work when you're traveling on the the road trips and other things happen or Sunday night or Monday night games and they have some event going on but you know I think I did a I think my kids would say I did a good job with still being there for them at all the the big times in their lives and and including them in all the Viking stuff that they could be involved in or come out and be involved in. I always wanted them to be a part of it and they always thought it was, you know, neat to meet players and stuff as they were growing up liking people like I did with Fran and and others. Coming up in TV, I've always said that like back when, I don't know, maybe like 30 or so years ago, it was almost like the golden age of mm-hmm. television. You know, everyone watched the news because it was the only way to get the news. Would you say that when you were in PR, it was a golden age? Um, like, how, how has that changed since then? And, and what did you, what do you think of all of that change? I kind of do think it was the golden age. And I talked to a lot of the old, the older PR guys that uh, most of them are, you know, eight to 10 to 15 years older than me that I became good friends with, that I worked on the Super Bowl PR staff 19 different times. And, you know, we talk about that because the the relationships back then were different. There was less channels on TV and everybody was picking a station to watch every night to watch, you know, the sports. And now kind of, you know, the sports kind of come right on your phone whenever you want it. So you you get to decide when you see anything or want to watch anything. So um, I do think back then it was the golden age where everybody in town would know if there was – 
you know, a certain, you know, if, if, if there was, if we were doing a big story on Justin Jefferson, you know, and it was on, it was on channel five, everyone knew when that was coming on. And, you know, I don't see as much of that, you know, today. And everyone also knew when, when, when a columnist took us to task and ripped on us, like everybody <laughs> in the office was talking about it. Cause it was just, everyone is focused in on it. Now it just doesn't, it just seems like people are tweeting and putting stuff out here and there. And it's like, you know, that comes and it goes and all of a sudden we're on to the next thing. We are talking to Bob Hagan, the legendary Bob Hagan on episode number 250 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Jay. Sid Hartman is a larger than life Entity and character within this this uh, Twin Cities area and even worldwide, everyone knows who Sid is. You had one of the closest relationships in the building with Sid, and just kind of looking back at kind of Sid's life and his in, in your time interacting with him, uh, is there a quintessential Sid moment that will always stick in your mind for you? There are so many. I mean, it's just like I mean, it was always an adventure. Anytime he came out, I knew like I had to do triple the amount of work that I had to, but <laughs> sure. I still loved him coming out because it was always going to be interesting and fun and I'd be able to go home and tell stories, um, you know, or tell other people in the office, guess what he did today. And, <laughs> um, but you know, he was, he was, you know, in somewhat a larger than life figure. And, and, um, I remember when I got to the Vikings that, uh, you know, I was 22 and he was 70 Mm-hmm. And and people are like, hey, you're not going to have to deal with this guy much longer. And he was around <laughs> the next 30 years. He made it to 100. And he didn't retire. Yeah. He didn't retire at, at 70 or 75. You know, he, he was working until, you know, the day he died. Um, you know, it's definitely, um, you know, a fun moment when I, um, in a roundabout way, got him to, I was involved in, the middle of him meeting Prince at yep. the uh, Super Bowl down in uh, in Miami. So that was, you know, that was that was a very interesting time, and a, you know, always, um, you know, something that I'll never forget. And you know, people have me on the radio shows to talk about it, so that they didn't, that no one ever does forget that. I mean, Jay just brought up Sid Hartman. We got to bring up the legendary Bud Grant. I mean, just. If anyone looks at this Minnesota Vikings organization and they don't know anything, the first person they think of is Bud Grant. It's like we're going to start there, and then we're going to we're going to figure out everything else. You had a special relationship with Bud, and just understanding that, are, are there any stories that that kind of stand out to you just over the course of his, you know, just phenomenal life? Yeah, you, you know, um, I'll kind of go back a little bit there with um, with with Sid and Bud. Like like people think that Sid gravitated to Bud because he became this legendary coach for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the truth is that, you know, Sid met Bud, Bud's first day on campus at the University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, Bud was 18 and Sid, wow. was, Sid was 25 and they became best friends then. And so they had a 70, you know, plus year, you know, relationship. So, you know, I always thought it was, um, it was fun to hang around those, um, those two together. I do remember one time we decided the three of us, it was in the off season and we decided they, they wanted to go to lunch. And so we went to lunch at wildfire and Eden Prairie, you know, sponsor. And so the three of us, we went over there for lunch and we went over there for like, it was, it was a late lunch and it was like, it was like one o'clock and um, Sid eats really fast and Bud eats really slow. And they've always, <laughs> 
both talked about. And so, you're Switzerland, right? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the middle. But, but 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 Bud's just you know you know he's just taking his time, and and I'm like, and I'm looking at my watch, and I'm like, going, holy smokes, you know, we've been here an hour and a half already, and I was like, I'm looking at my watch, and the the waiter comes over and says, uh, "You guys need anything else?" Nope. I said, "I'll take the check." I knew I was paying. That was that was a given with those two. But um, I take the check, and Bud's like, "Well, hey, uh, what about dessert?" <laughs> dessert and I was like oh my goodness so now, you know now we're there another you know he's like well we got to have this ice cream and cake and everything and uh and so they're there another half hour and I just um I, I remember coming back and so we we had been gone two hours and and I call my wife and I'm and I'm like hey I don't know what time to be home I'm like I got all these emails piled up and this and that and I was complaining about it and she put me in my place and I never forgot it because she said Listen, you just went to lunch with, you know, these two guys mm. that are two of your close friends that anyone else in this state would give yeah. anything to to be there. And, you know, I really did. That changed my perspective. I thought, you know, you know what, I really do got to, you know, take that into account, like how special it was. And there's something that did happen very big at that lunch. At the at the end of the lunch, um, Bud said, he goes, hey, I'm going up to my cabin tomorrow. You want to go to sit? He's like, no, 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 I can't go. He goes, ah, come on, go with us. And and uh, and he's like, ah, oh, what do I have to do? He goes, just come to the Vikings, come to Winter Park, park in the parking lot, be there at seven in the morning. We're gonna go up, we're gonna do some stuff, we're gonna f- go out on the boat, and we're coming back late at night. And um, a guy Marty Davis was going with him, and um, Sid ended up saying yes, and he went, and they had a great day. And Sid had not been at his cabin in like 68 years wow. in between times he had gone, first had gone to the cabin and then this visit to the cabin. It's the only wow. other time he he never went back. Um, but I just thought that was a cool story to be a, a part of that happening and, and, and um, Bud talking Sid into you know, going up there to go and, and I mean, he caught some fish and, and stuff. It, it, we got some great pictures. It was amazing. I didn't go on that trip. I did get to go to Bud's cabin um, two years ago, though, when I did some interviews with him for our archives up there. And then I had a great time with Bud for two days up there. Well, Bob, it always has felt to me like you've been the glue keeping all of that together, right? Like you're talking about the archives or talking about all these guys that you want to keep their memories alive. I kind of want to put the spotlight a little bit on you because... That takes a really special personality in person, I think, to to keep going, to keep doing that, to have these and maintain these relationships, because relationships are hard to maintain. So to be able to keep doing that, how do you want to be remembered in this organization? Like what your impact has been? I always wanted the best for, you know, the people in the office and and the public, you know, I mean, to show the, you know, the great people that have come through this organization and, um you know, I always strive if I, you know, I always think if I if I get a friend, I want to keep a friend for the rest of my life. I mean, that's just kind of the mentality I've always had. So I just, you know, I, I just love showing off all the great different things. And obviously you guys do it every day. You're, you're you know, you're you're telling these great stories of the coaches and players and, and what make people want to be a Viking fan. I mean, I just think. I think we've all been there. I mean, I went to the game in in Vegas um, a couple of weeks ago as a fan, the first game I've been to as a fan since 1990. Wow! Before I worked here, but you know, I'm biased, of course. But we have one of the most loyal fan bases 
you know, in the country yeah. in any sport. And, yeah. and, and that's kind of, that's kind of cool. And I always take pride in that. Not that, um, I played a part in that, but I, like, I think I played a part in like helping our people tell that story and have people, you know, want to gravitate to be a Viking fan for life. I love it, Bob. We, we, Truly appreciate your time today. Like I said, for episode 250, uh, Jay reached out to me earlier in the week and was like, look, this is a legendary episode. So here are some names. And when, when Jay mentioned your name, I was like, there's no other way we do this podcast today without Bob Hagen uh, gracing our presence. So uh, I appreciate you. We all appreciate you, Vikings fans. We appreciate you joining us today. Well, thanks for having me on and uh, continued success and all the great work all three of you do. Salon Montage is the Twin Cities premier salon and spa destination and proud official hair sponsor of the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders. With three convenient locations in Edina, Woodbury, and Chanhassen, there is a Spalon close to you. Visit online at Spalon.com. Say hello to flawlessly smooth skin at Pure Lux Med Spa, the preferred med spa of the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders. Specializing in elite laser hair removal, body contouring, Botox, cosmetic filter, and age-defying skincare treatments such as Diamond Glow and Skin Pen for collagen induction therapy. For more information, visit MyPureLux.com backslash Vikings for exclusive offers to Vikings fans. That's www.MyPureLux.com backslash Vikings. Well, we are back. This is the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. If you enjoyed that conversation with Bob Hagen, the full edition of that is on Vikings.com right now. Just, uh, I don't want to, I don't know what to call it, Bob's Bars, uh, <laughs> story time with Bob, just uh, a legendary guy. And just having him on uh, was not only a pleasure for us, but hopefully a pleasure for everyone listening right now. Jay uh, Tatum, they're both here from Vikings.com. And, guys, this is um, – I guess we just kind of bought, bought ourselves some time because we really didn't want to talk about the loss last week at Cincinnati. So, no matter how we want to put this, feel free to cut me off whenever. No matter how we want to put this, this loss, the Vikings still have the six overall seed in the NFC playoffs. So, uh, the Vikings still control their destiny, Tatum. Yes, they do. Isn't that kind of wild? Yeah, it's crazy. I feel like we are um, in a similar position as 2021. It's my only, you know, Viking season mm-hmm. to to compare it to. And um, it, it seems like they need a lot of help for that. Yeah. Bob said, you know, gave us that great website before we got on air that gives us them a 54% chance of getting into the playoffs, which is awesome. However, I think that the division title, they need uh, to win three. Yeah. Lions to lose all their three, which clearly the Lions would only just have to lose two to the Vikings and one to the Cowboys. So, like, you know, it's possible. For sure. But, like, there's no bigger meaning of controlling your own destiny than right now. I think that's the the biggest thing on my end is just the idea you still do control your own destiny. So, like, over the years, the idea of when you're sitting there watching the scoreboard saying, well, I hope this team loses and I hope (laughs) this team wins and everything in order to try to get yourself there, I think the idea that you're still the succeed, still have tiebreakers over a couple of these teams that are you know within one game of you is is the advantageous spot to be in at this point at the same point you're getting down to the last what two and a half weeks of the regular season mm-hmm. so now's go time we've talked about I, I know I'm a broken record when we we talk about this kind of stuff but it really is in your own hands like you have to handle your own business in order yeah. to to make this happen so to me like I would rather be sitting in the six seed able to control your own destiny knowing that you've got three huge division games coming up here to finish it all out and two of them against the team you're chasing rather than 
having no games against the division and then just trying to eke out wins in order to see what happens on the other end. So to me, this is where you want to be. You want to be in those last three games. And listen, if you want to be serious in the postseason, you got to make it happen now against these teams. Got to start winning now. Yeah, I mean, when we looked at the schedule earlier, like when, when we first got the schedule, uh, I think it was back in May, and we were looking at it. We were like, well, what are the chances our season comes down to the last three divisional games of the season? And now look at us. It, it's crazy how the NFL kind of figured this thing out. I mean, I know people say it's a script. Uh, I'm not in the, the – <laughs> That's a whole you know, other podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, this is, this is pretty much – if you want to be considered a playoff team, when it comes to your final three games in December and January – you have to win those divisional games. So just looking at this upcoming matchup, Tatum, what are some things or what's one thing that you really like about this upcoming matchup against the Lions who are, I mean, a lot of like a lot of people are saying, are maybe the best team in the NFL right now? I mean, I love our defense. I feel yeah. like that's just where it starts. I know that the Lions are coming off a 42-point performance, and that's a little scary. But their main weapons right now are their running backs, and the Vikings rank fifth in in uh, scoring defense right now. I think that they their run defense is their bread and butter. Um, being able to continue that would be great, and they're also uh, pretty good against the tight ends. I mean, Sam Laporta had three touchdowns in the game. The rookie wow. is just absolutely on fire right now. Uh, but the this Vikings defense has only allowed four touchdowns this season to tight ends. And, um, you know, on average, they allow five catches. Um, granted, I think he had five catches in last game for three mm-hmm. touchdowns. Yeah. So, so hopefully so that wouldn't happen. Right uh, but but I do think that this team, that's, that's you know, the two things that you need to control are that run game, the 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 dual head of Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, and then Sam Laporta is just on fire. And you do and you do want to, to some extent, pressure Goff and see if you can make him uncomfortable back there. I feel like that's what I like every week is this defense. But, you know, I kind of feel like rightfully so. Yeah, for sure. They've definitely been putting up some crazy performances lately. You know, I think the, the fourth quarter against Cincinnati was something that felt like an mm. anomaly over yeah. the last, last, you know, three, four games. Um, but I think the idea of feeling like this defense is going to be you know, on their P's and Q's here going into this game as, as tight as this game is going to be and as meaningful as it's going to be, I think it's going to be a huge part of the, the game plan going for this season. Yeah, nobody wants them to win in our place and have <laughs> to put on the shirt and the hat and all that stuff, right? Oh, for sure. That, that, that would be the worst <laughs> because the last time a team put on a shirt and hat in our stadium was us last year following the probably the best game or craziest, however you want to put it, the wildest game, the largest comeback in NFL history last year against the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. It was a it was a movie, in the words of Cam Bynum, Jeff. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, for me, what do I like about this one? Um, the fact that the the Lions are 2-2 two and two in their last four games. The two games that they lost were both Green Bay and Chicago. Mm-hmm. So going against div- division teams, everyone is uh, definitely – putting a nice giant bullseye on their back at this point. And the thing for me about those two games that really stood out when I watched them was the idea of both Green Bay and Chicago put pressure on them early and did not let off the gas pedal. They were pressing them defensively. They were causing turnovers. They were making Goff uncomfortable. And offensively, they were going for kill shots. And so to me, that is, you know, kind of the simplistic view of what I think this team needs to do. What do we talk about all season? The idea of getting out, scoring early, trying to get a lead. We did that last week. Um, you know, yeah, having first that... time we scored in the opening drive. Exactly day. right. So, like for me, the idea with this one is 
don't overthink it. Just look at exactly what Green Bay and Chicago did, and that's press them early and force them to make mistakes and just hammer down. And the thing for me is it's going to be the whiteout game. It's going to be a Christmas Eve game. The fans are going to be geeked like crazy. So be as loud as you can and uh, help this Vikings defense and, and cheer on the offense, you know, once they're scoring into the end zone. Jay, you, um, you, you hit on that just in a fantastic way. I'm just looking at Jared Goff's game log, right? Mm-hmm. When Jared Goff has been sacked three or more times this year, the Detroit Lions are one in three. Yeah, They've lost four games this year, and in three of those, Jared Goff has been sacked three or more times. And uh, two of those games were the Chicago Bears two weeks ago and then the Green Bay Packers uh, two weeks prior to that. So getting pressure on Jared Goff early and finding ways to disrupt his comfortability – that is going to be a recipe for success for this Vikings team. But you, you hit on uh, one thing that I like this week, and it's just being back at home, being back at U.S. Bank Stadium. It's, uh, by the time kickoff happens, I believe it's, well, it's a Christmas Eve game, December 24th. The last home game that we've had was November 28th. So the fact that our Vikings team will actually be able to play in front of their home fans, it'll be a whiteout game like you just mentioned, um, fans will be raucous. It, it's going to be uh, one of those environments that – um, you kind of dream of if you're a player. We, we, we saw the whiteout last year against the, the New York Giants and the effect that had and that win. That's, that's, I think that was a Saturday game um, last year when we it played was. the Giants. Mm-hmm. So just to be able to experience that again, I believe our Vikings team will be hyped. They'll be ready to play. But also when, when you're playing a divisional opponent, and you don't want them to win the division on your home turf, like Tatum said, I believe that gives you a little bit more juice Uh, to be able to go out there and hopefully get a win on Sunday and continue to control your own destiny. No, definitely. Like I said, I think that that was such a great celebration last year, being able to see our guys do that. And I remember the post-game locker room just Mm. being crazy and how excited they were. And, like, I think I read somewhere the Lions have never won the NFC North, and they haven't won a division title since 1993. Yeah, it's been 30 years. Bob Hagan was two years on the job at the Vikings, in case anyone was wondering. So, yeah, Back then it was the (laughs) NFC Central. Yeah, so it's never been done. So you really don't want them to make that history here. Right. On um, on Sunday. But these last few weeks, like we've had a Monday night football game against the Bears, a bye week, Vegas. It's been a weird Vegas, and then back Saturday, half of so. the season. And that was, that was the thing, though, too. You brought it up earlier. The idea when the schedule came out, this chunk was, was the kind of that you always look at it. They tend to look at it in quarters. You know, four games, four games, four mm-hmm. games. You get to this last last piece here, and as as tough as that last game was in Cincinnati, um, you know, the idea that two of these last three games are at home, I think, is a great thing. And and I think you know the fans and the team should be kind of grinning ear to ear, knowing that that's the case. You know, I think everyone wants this feeling to be like you're finishing out the season on a positive note. You're you're pushing yourself into the playoffs clicking on all cylinders and and so hopefully for me the the uh the Motor City Kitties that have hmm. always been problematic for this team whether always. it's been at home or on the road even in years when they've been struggling they've always seemed to give us fits if there's one thing i am certain of between last season and this season it is that it's going to be a close game yep. yeah. and that it's going to come down to the last few plays of the game so i'm really looking forward to this weekend and all i really want for a christmas present <laughs> is a Vikings win. That's all you want? That is all I want. Dang. Is to go into the New Year's Eve game against the Packers and do the exact same thing again. Look, it's, it's very doable. As we close today's show, it's very doable. You look at the Lions' schedule. We play them – well, they play us twice, and in between our two games with them, they play the Dallas Cowboys, who's vying for that NFC East uh, overall. I guess to win the NFC East, which would basically give them that two seed. So 
All we have to do is win out. I know that's easier said than done. And winning out means beating this Lions team twice. And the Lions, that Cowboys-Lions game next week is going to be a very tough matchup for for this Lions team. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But at the same time, I'm so excited to be able to witness uh, another whiteout. Um, It's one of those atmospheres that if you're in the NFL, you don't really get much. So the fact that uh, you have an opportunity to – to fill a college-like environment. I'm just thinking of like the Penn States of the world, those whiteouts in the number one stadium in the NFL. Uh, this is going to be a, a lot of fun. So uh, Vikings fans, make sure you're there. Kickoff is at 12 noon on Christmas Eve. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you wear your white. Make sure you get there early. Make sure you're screaming for the home team. Uh, the home team's wearing white. I know usually the home team wears the darker color, but make sure you cheer for the team that wears the and lighter you color. you wear white. Me? You want me to wear white? No, and everyone, oh, got it, got everyone out there to wear white. Yeah, Gabe is a whiteout. What you going to wear? I don't know. Are we getting bombers this year? I don't know, but I already got my stuff. You We're already figured? Go. <laughs> you yeah. got it laid out? I got bed. my stuff from last week or last year. <laughs> nice. We did the whiteout last year. Still got my stuff and uh, got a little extra a little extra sauce for it. So it'll be Ooh, fun. It's always fun. Okay, love a tease. I love those kind of games. It's fun. I just think it, it really helps the fans really get into it. So, again, looking forward to it, and it's going to be a great Great atmosphere on Sunday. Love that. Well, come for the Vikings whiteout. Stay for Jay's outfit. There you correct. go. There we go. And for Jay Nelson, Tatum Everett, Bob Hagan, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you guys again for tuning into another edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast brought to you by Pepsi, made for Vikings watching. Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Minnesota Vikings. Whether you are hosting a tailgate party or getting together with family and friends for the holidays, Dairy is a staple to bring creamy, rich goodness to your table. Find delicious new recipes at usdairy.com to up your game. Brought to you by Undeniably Dairy.